Are we ready? Yeah. You ready, Mom? As I will ever be. Okay. Well, we're going we're gonna to jam to this tune for a few minutes. We're going to just jam out. When are we starting? When the tune's over. Okay. All right. So, uh, what to do, y'all? This is Infect Your Boy Rice. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, I am joined today by my special guest, Mama Rice Bowl, Yvonne York. What's up? Uh, all love and peace and unity. All right, we'll introduce them to the song that we are going to introduce today's podcast with. Inagata Davida by Iron Butterfly. Well, this one is Inagata Davida <laughs> by Slayer 8-Bit. Oh, okay. There you go. So I think this is a, a remake by Slayer. It got remade yeah. into an 8-Bit of the old original version. But it's, it's pretty dope. original version. It's, it's, really, it's dope. Uh, shout out to Leo Black. On YouTube. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I, I get my singing <laughs> voice from you, man. I definitely get my singing voice from you. Was that a little off? Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> uh, uh, no, not at all. Uh-uh. Sure, right. No, not at all, man. I, damn, was, damn, damn. I didn't get to practice. That's the problem. Oh, you want some more vote? All right, do some do ra mi fa sos. Hit us with wait, it. Wait, wait. do ra mi fa so la di da di da do Oh, won't you come with me? And, <laughs> and oh, won't you come with me? Come with me and walk this land. Walk this land. Please take my land. <laughs> I, mom, I am in love with your singing voice. Like, I definitely know why auto tune is definitely on a docket for me. That's why they needed to create that for people like me. For people like me, because I got it from you, and y'all never sent me the vocal lessons as a kid. So, ooh, this this is a breakdown. Ooh, this is like a, the original is probably like an eight minute song. I think something like that. Should we start over so the people don't have to be subjected to my all oh, singing voice? Hail to the naw! That is in here like swim weird. We never said the the hook though, which is Inagata Davida. I got a libido. No, Inagata Davida. I got a libido. I Inagata da pizza. You are like the box. Oh my god. Inagata da pizza. People who are fans of this song will yeah. not get over this. Yeah. They will not 
in a got a duh feeder. In a got a duh pita. Speaking of pita. Speaking of pita, what's up, ma? So today we are uh, kicking it with my mother who, uh, you know, we just going to chop it up, man. So uh, again, this is your boy, White Rice. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And just like every single podcast, it cannot get started until we do the classic. What it fucking do? It's your boy, White Fucking Rice. Mom absolutely refuses to actually uh, sing that. She will not say I think, fucking. I think and I dropped. Fucking. I think I dropped the f bomb singing it with you the other day, and then the second time you said freaking the yeah, other the day second, on the, the actual second, like yes, the, the actual pod. Time I said I think I said freaking. So what we gonna do? Uh, so what this is, man, is I'm gonna start doing uh, also integrating within the sixty second, sixty minute sphere um, with you know with the podcast, especially what I'm gonna start doing is uh, opening it up to also speaking with guests, man, because my perspective is not always the only perspective, and I recognize that. And so there are topics in this world that just do not uh, sit as prevalent to me on a day-to-day basis as it does with other people. Other people have other opinions and other uh, perspectives that are very important to hear. Um, If anything, with 60 seconds with rice, with 60 minutes with rice, is I want to sit in the middle you know, I want to be able to provide perspective. If if someone is saying something and I can see it's hypocritical, I want to call them out for it and vice versa, regardless of what the topic is, what anything is. And, and you know, I understand that my perspective is just one human being's perspective in a world filled with 7 billion perspectives. And some of those we agree on, some of those we don't. Uh, some of those we are passionate about. Others we just kind of notice it in a day-to-day and we kind of have an opinion on it. Uh, so so that's what kind of this is. Is It's going to be 60 minutes with whoever my guest is. Uh, it's going to be a special episodes that I roll out uh, as I get a chance to sit down with uh, people in my life that I believe bring really cool uh, stories, uh, really cool uh, page turning apparently very loudly into the microphone. Yes. Um, we should uh, we should have handled whatever note we're taking in pre-production, but a clearly crinkling paper into a uh, condenser microphone, a very highly sensitive condenser microphone, is uh, what we do now. Um, but no, so so today is sixty minutes with my mom, sixty minutes with Yvonne, sixty minutes with Mama Rice, whatever. Uh, you know, whatever moniker we end up calling it. Uh, but I'm just really um, honored. I'm actually up here right now helping her move uh, and kind of start her Cincinnati 2.0 uh, life before hopefully either relocating to be closer to me or to an area um, maybe even on the West Coast where, you know, uh, people are a little more acceptance accepting of her lifestyle and that, that she can actually kind of... Because uh, I know when I lived in Portland... A lot of people were, I, I, I kind of thought this was like the perfect place for my mom. Um, so, so Ma, go ahead, uh, introduce yourself, uh, introduce kind of like who you are, what you're about, you know, what, you know, what, you know, what's going on. And then we'll kind of get into our conversation about, you know, how, whatever, uh, whatever okay. notes you have planned on, okay. on things you'd like to talk about today. All right. Let's well, do it. I have, uh, my name's Yvonne. I've only done. Hi, Yvonne. Hello. I've only done a brief, uh. Going to podcast before. Can we call this exactly like, can we call it a podcast? 
Yeah, well, yeah. Th- yeah, I mean, this okay. is a this is going on my podcast channel, so okay, yes, then, I believe this. Okay, unless uh, unless you would like to, uh, then that's what we're uh, doing. Release this as like a hour plus long song, mm-hmm. considering your uh, amazing oh, singing right, at the right. beginning of the pod. I know. Uh, so I, uh, Nick, and I were talking, and and he invited me to do this, uh, and uh, he knows that I have uh, some v- things I'm very passionate about in life. Uh, that this came, fact. came about as my life journey. Um, so, so tell us a little bit, uh, so tell us a little bit about like some of the, the passions that, that really kind of guide your day-to-day life that guide a lot of your motivation, um, in, in like your own personal life choices. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I have to start off by, uh, thanking the creator or creators for, um, giving me a heart, uh, that, um, is very concerned, very loving toward other beings. And, you know, I can remember that spark, um, especially as a teenager. And I thought, you know, I, I want to do, I want to do right by other people. I want their life to be better. Uh, because of something I do, mm-hmm. and I was very naive at that point about life. <laughs> and super, <laughs> I mean, aren't, yeah. aren't we all really like... super naive? I think I think because of social media and and what have you, things that weren't around when I was a teenager. I think people have a chance, though, at a much younger age to um, to step into um, action. Yeah. To to not just have some thoughts, but actually, I, I think uh, the youth today is able to have a like just mountains of information that we didn't have in our hands, and so for that reason, I think they're empowered more. Yeah. Um. Um. So coming to mind uh, right away would be Greta Thunberg. So yeah, we actually um, just watched the uh, documentary mm-hmm. last night on uh, Greta. Mm-hmm. And she followed her heart and her mind and her soul, and she just, uh, you know, went into action and uh, didn't give it a second thought. But um, so my journey in life brought me one of my great passions is uh, veganism. Yeah, and I've been at that for over a year and a half. Prior to that, I was a vegetarian for um, twenty-seven plus years. So what? So and I know. Um, so so obviously you're not my mother, and only twenty-nine years old. Uh, so so what in what in life then inspired you to uh, switch to veganism from from obviously being a carnivore before? Okay. Well, the first thing is my, um, you know, it didn't happen all at once. My nephew Phil. Uh, when he was in high school and I was a young adult, he wrote a pretty lengthy poem as a, um, high school, part of a high school assignment. Yeah. But that's where his heart was. You know, he was a vegetarian and, uh, that was my first like awareness of what we, what we do to the animals and, and their rights. And Mm -hmm. I cried, I cried over his poem um, so that was one of the first things I worked for some holistic dentist yeah. and they weren't, uh, they certainly weren't vegans, but they leaned toward, um, being vegetarian 
And uh, so that was another thing that gave me some thought about that, you know, and although I was not at the time, but, you know, we'd often go to lunch together and um, we'd go to a cafeteria. Most of us would eat vegan so or yeah. vegetarian. Yeah. So then, um, so many, fast forward many years later. Many uh, years. Yes. Married to Nick's dad, went to, went to the honeymoon uh, in Cancun. And he wanted to see uh, ah, the bull, good old the, Cancun yes, story. Huh? He wanted to. He wanted to. This was the night I became a vegetarian. Um, he wanted to go to the bullfights, and I thought it would be one bull. Um, never did see anything die, be murdered, nothing like that. And it wasn't one bull. It was one after another and another and another. And we were sitting right by where the bulls would come out, and I, I saw that they were um, actually stabbed before they came out. They were stabbed uh, in a spot that would just cause them a lot of pain and start to bleed out and become weak. And so... Um, Which I imagine is a, what they do in order to try to... Uh, give an edge to the uh, whatever the guy's well, there's, name there's is. Well, yeah, there's a lot more than that well, that yeah, happens. Yeah. That's just the beginning. And well, then, I, I would figure that's like the tip right. of the iceberg. They're well, like, because we want to give a show, but we also want mm. to make sure our dude doesn't get mm. trampled by a full strength Well, the bull. matador in this particular evening, the matador didn't come out till the many other people came out into the arena. And so uh, the next person that arrives after he comes out of the gate stabbed already with you know he's bleeding and uh someone comes out on horse and the horse is shielded very well shielded and this person has long long very sharp spears that's riding on the horse and his job is to land something like four spears into into the bull so in addition to the knife the spears come and um you know this this brutality just goes on and on. And some of the bulls would become, they would collapse on their front knees. They just didn't want to go anymore. They couldn't. They were bleeding too much. And they would be agitated and agitated until they would stand back up so yeah. the matador could come. And then he would, at the end of uh, this torture, there might have been like seven bulls that day or something. And then at the end, they the matador would come out. You know, when the bull is really just so depleted, but then he, he looks like a big hero because he walks right up to the bull and drives uh, a sword like right up above the eyes. And I I looked around. I kept looking around at everybody and the cheers. And I, I was like, "What? I'm shocked. Where does does no one care what's happening to them? You know, in a sport, that's not a sport. In a sport, both people or both people that, get to walk off the court at the end of the yeah, day. And and they should know the rules of the game. Yeah. The rules of the game. That's, they should be willing participants in yeah, the rules of the that game. That is sportsmanship. Yeah. Um you know, that so this is not a sport to me. This is not entertainment to me. This is not okay. Mm-hmm. And um so that's literally that evening. I, I wanted to make that choice, but I found out very short time after that that um you know, I was expecting Nick. So I'm like, well, this is a bad time to go full on 100%. You know, if I don't, maybe I don't know what I'm doing. 
So I wanted to go totally vegetarian that night, and I did for a bit, but then I thought, okay, I've got to just cut most things out. And then when I delivered him, then I went all the way vegetarian. So for many years, I stuck with that for like 27 years, and some recent events caused me to change and, and go vegan. Well, because I know, I know growing up, uh, there was always the, the conversations between you and I about the fact that you wanted to go vegan and it was just a lot of, it just didn't uh, happen. It it was the dairy industry that, Mm. you know, that, that still played a role. You know, when we go to Skyline Chili, it was still getting the cheese, uh, Mm -hmm. on the, on the, the bean and rice, right, uh, right. you know, vegetarian. Or pizzas. I was still yeah, eating yeah. a lot I mean, of we pizza. A lot, lot of La Rosa, a lot and, of Domino's. And I did cut, I did through just through the years, I did cut back over time. Yeah, always, I know, uh, I know, uh, like, um, I know milk was like one of the first things that, that you kind of weaned off before yeah, cheese. I never and, did like to, you know, just drink a glass of milk yeah, like oh, that yeah, since yeah. I've been a little kid. But, you know, things were just getting uh, cut further back. You know, as far as, especially as far as eggs and cheese and milk and things like that. So, um, I mean, I would eat something that had those ingredients, but then, like, eventually I was not going to eat an omelet anymore. And um, so, so, yeah, so IHOP got really limited on our uh, IHOP yeah. trips. Yeah. So, um, so the more recent events that brought me to this point, you know, I'm like everyone else. I know the animals are suffering. I know they're not treated right on on the especially the big factory farms and what have you and um i wasn't it was hard for me to look at the videos and that's a good sign right there that's that's a sure sign right there that you're participating in something that's not right if you cannot sit down and look at that video and make it through a video because it's too disturbing there's your first sign that something's really wrong. You know, and that's really, uh, and it speaks to something bigger in our society uh, where there's a lot of things, especially in American society, that uh, we recognize as wrong, that we recognize as, uh, you know, that they shouldn't be right. And even people who are on the other side of that coin, you know, they will, you know, they will justify why, you know, why it matters and why it can't change and all of this. But when they bring up very sensitive topics that they know are sensitive, you know, you don't, if, if you know something is, is wrong, if you know something is like that you're on the right, right? And if you mm-hmm. know you're on the right, you are able to speak loudly and proudly mm-hmm. about it. But mm-hmm. when you, um, when you know your thought process is in the wrong and like, you start to like whisper around people when, you know, you see those people over there, you know, like when you have to whisper a way that you're speaking about something or someone, when you have to uh, hide behind false facts and hide behind false things, you know that you're in like a, you know, you're in a mind state that's like, Mm -hmm. that isn't, that you even yourself, even though you're unwilling to change, you're aware that you are in a mind state that is currently fading. So like even with like the meat industry, with the dairy industry, um, you know, people, you know, th- like it's it's harder for them to like speak as loud and proud because the science is coming out mm-hmm. uh, that that like these industries are actually not only well, harming us, but harming the planet. Uh, yeah, just harm coming in many different directions. So what I want to say before I go further yeah. is that it, to gauge if something is wrong, if you could not bear to have it done to you or to someone you love, 
it doesn't matter what what species it is. You don't do that then. That's your gauge. Yeah. If you couldn't bear to be trapped in a small cage or you couldn't bear to have things done to you without anesthesia, if you couldn't bear, like if your mother cow, all of her babies are taken away and she mourns and cries for them, uh, the babies are, are, you know, they don't know what to do without their mother. And if they're a male, they will be killed. It could be at the in front of their mother, or it could be a little bit later. They might like, but they're going to be put in an isolation area and given watered down milk, so humans can take the milk that was meant for that baby. But that that male calf will die, and his life will be very short, and it will be brutal. Uh, The females will be put in isolation, isolation, and they will um, they will follow in the you know the mother's uh, footsteps, and they will become a milk slave they will be you know trapped in this life they will be um force forcefully impregnated they will be uh have their babies ripped away they will uh get infections because they will be hooked to the machine so much and you know it's a life of entrapment it's a life uh, it's no life and when the mother cannot give any more milk Uh, There are videos, and I I encourage you to please watch them. Um, That mother will be treated with the most disrespect, uh, as if she hasn't faced every disrespect possible already. At the end, when they're ready to take her life, I've seen them picked up with um, industrial equipment. Uh, You know, and it's it's very cruel. Well, and it's, uh, you know, kind of speaking to the point that you just made, when you look at horror movies that are produced and they actually utilize uh, tactics uh, that that they use on animals, they will use those same tactics on humans. And then people in the movie theaters are like closing their eyes. Uh, Mm -hmm. They're turning away, you know, um, couples are like holding each other tight. Mm -hmm. You know, these are things that, that to, that when we see them in the context of like a saw movie or something like that, mm-hmm. we're like, Oh my God, this is so brutal. And you know, uh, it, and it really just, you know, with the age of social media, obviously, you know, even with social media, it's, it's easier to access information, but the abundance of information allows people to kind of get sucked into their little bubbles and not actually gauge or be exposed to oh. a lot of new information um, you know, to where like, I know, I know like literally you and I can be sitting across or like, like we can be sitting next to each other and we will be on our Instagrams collectively and your feed that you get is completely different than my right. sports and music right. dominated feed. And even though I support a lot of what, uh, of what you believe and, I, you know, myself and Missy have talked about mm-hmm. making these changes, not only for the betterment of ourselves, but also for the betterment of the world. And, and like, like, it's just, we get lost in, into like our own little thing. So like social media is both a positive and a negative where like, yes, we can be exposed to it. Mm-hmm. But I think we choose, I think a lot of us choose to, uh, even though we, we become aware of it at some point, 
you know, there was the whole branding campaign Mm -hmm. around supersize me and like places like this. They really like showcase like what fast food does and where fast food food comes from and like how poorly the food Mm -hmm. is treated and how poorly it's processed and like all of this stuff. And like that shocked people and, and other movies and shows have come out um, that kind of showcase not only the horrors of, of the farming and agriculture industry, but also uh, like companies like a Chipotle who are trying to move and like and take things into a more positive direction with introducing sofritas and making mm-hmm. sure that that vegans and vegetarians have actual options that right. you know and obviously you know they still have they still have meat products but they're making sure that it's not as as cruelly raised as what a standard like Purdue chicken is going to come from. Well, a lot of that, you'll hear that in the media. And then when the investigators, you know, go out from a PETA or some other organization, these undercover, well, well, they, you, they you will have find to... out that, that, you know, they'll say, oh, we're just humanely doing this and that. And they will Well, go, you still have to be, you still have to be like, you know, and, and don't get me, don't get me wrong here. Like PETA wouldn't be the like independent organization I would send out for an independent study. Well, a lot because, of, a because, lot, you know, everything, yeah. just like you wouldn't want a Republican trying to, uh, trying to deal with a Republican. Yeah. You, you don't want, uh, someone who goes in with a skewed bias to, to look at things, but obviously, well, they're taking, and, but obviously like yeah. I worked at Chipotle when we, when we shut down an entire farm ecosystem mm-hmm. right. because it was discovered by one of those organizations, that, yeah. one of those organizations that, that they were mistreating their animals. And like, I mean, we were short on food for months on end and people were pissed. Mm -hmm. And it was like, it was like me as a kitchen manager, I had to explain these farmers were not doing what they were contractually obligated to do. They were not treating the animals properly. Sometimes Chipotle has a stance on that. They have a stance on where they stand on, on, on how they source their ingredients. And obviously, you know, you know, it's really, it's really yeah. encouraging now mm-hmm. to see like Beyond Meat at a place like yeah. Hardee's and Carl's Jr. Did you ever think in your life right. that a Hardee's Carl's Jr. would have an option for a vegan? See, and and something, and and I know you didn't even realize it when you were saying it. You like you, I think, said something about like how the ingredients are treated or how the food was treated and the, yeah. and instead of animals. Well, and that's, that's, that's like, how the food industry, yeah, that's, that's, that's like as a kitchen, as a kitchen it. manager, like right. that's how I'm instructed to speak mm-hmm. with customers. You know, right. everything that is a part of my kitchen right, right. is an ingredient to something. So I think we've all been, everybody has been for almost everybody, unless you were raised by vegan parents, everybody has been, conditions and say we're a baby desensitized i think Des- would, be a, would yeah. be a really good word for it right desensitized conditioned if you think about and all even the, okay given, let's even think given, about even given like an uh ignorance is bliss kind of approach mm. where you're aware that this stuff is happening mm. and yeah you're like you you are aware and, and that was kind of that was kind of my point with mm-hmm. the like supersize me videos and like mm-hmm. the uh the and and the reason i brought up chipotle and my work there is because there was that one that came out in the like Mm-hmm. early 2010s that was very popular that kind of featured chipotle i think mm-hmm. and like it became popular because it was showcasing two different sides of the industry and people were talking about it and people talk about it but the problem is is that even if we are aware of it because you were like you were just talking about the the conditioning the desensitizing 
we kind of well, we kind of we kind of try to we try to kind of like go back to the ignorance is bliss kind of thing where like mm-hmm. you try to forget the craziness and you'll joke like and i know like i made these jokes and i know a lot of other people have made these jokes that like like you like before mcdonald's and taco bell and wendy's like switched their to you know switch their chicken nuggets over to all white meat chicken like everyone was like you know the big joke online and, and in person was like the you know, oh, it's all, like, gooey and, and all it is. And, like, that's true. But, like, it got turned into a joke. You know, it got turned into a desensitized joke. Mm-hmm. And I think well, now we're, I think now, though, we're in an era mm-hmm. where, where like, those jokes are the, like, the truths behind those jokes are no longer acceptable. Right. You well, know? the, the and, and a lot of it is still going on and will for a long time. But, you know, the conditioning we go through is uh, in the baby food aisle, you've got, uh, lamb ground up into mush. You have a, you know, you start the baby ground on lamb, yeah, ew. in baby jars. I've heard of or, carrots and peas. No, there's ew. there's meat in those baby food jars. I mean, and then as soon as you know, so we. I don't know how I feel. Yeah, yeah, we we but we start. I mean, we start yeah. at the beginning of life, um, and we we think we have all been taught that you know every meal must include meat, must include. Yeah. Uh, bacon uh stacked up uh, turkey club whatever (laughs) you know and it's like um holidays you know and and the odd thing about holidays we're celebrating life we're celebrating family at you know easter thanksgiving christmas and what are we doing we are um funny enough you just mentioned two out of the three major holidays in america were christian holidays which we're not supposed to be you know favoriting well, I'm just saying some of the ho- major holidays, whatever it might be, or whatever religion it might be, a lot of holidays and family gatherings, like well, yeah. the, the, I mean, the, I mean, everything has been capitalized. The, tur- the tortured, murdered animal is the centerpiece on the table. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, you so look we've, at, we've actually taken a life. To celebrate life. I think the only major holiday that doesn't include mass amounts of eating is St. Patrick's Day, really. Mass amounts of drinking there. Mass <laughs> amounts of drinking, but yeah. I mean, and there could be food. Could be, you you be got food. the drunk 2 a.m. Yeah. food at the at the end of it. But, but you know, but, you know I, like you still, you, I mean, even you look at a Labor Day, you look at a Memorial mm-hmm. Day, you look at a Thanksgiving, a Christmas, and Easter, you look at, um, you know, um, what other major holidays do we have? You know, we have Hanukkah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you... There are, I mean, you might not want to talk about, and I don't want to specify any religion. There are a lot of religions who still are doing animal sacrifice. There's just, that's, you, that's you, very true. you name it, you name it. And there's a reason to be, a human will find a reason to dismember an animal. And we're, we're at the dawn of a new age now, uh, where we have knowledge that we never had before. We know now that all protein can be derived from plants, plant-based foods, we have uh, more things flooding onto the market literally daily that replace milk, eggs, meat, uh, leather, fur, um, feathers, you know, all the things that we take from animals. We have, uh, there are cruelty-free substitutes now. So there's no reason to murder and dismember and eat the parts, the body parts of a corpse. And that's what we're, we've been doing. So, and I, I mean, and that, and that brings up a good point. Like I went into Kroger uh, the other night and I came out uh, actually very impressed because uh, 
I, you don't typically see like an entire, uh, like I know now, like some of these Kroger's have like entire sections. They, you know, they section mm-hmm. off the organic, they section off the vegan foods and, but it's in like those like quarter aisles where they're like mm-hmm. four quarter aisles kind of put into like a square box and it's just real quick little mm-hmm. aisles. Like the Kroger I went in the other day, it was just like, there was an entire frozen section. Mm-hmm like an entire singular frozen section of of vegan and vegetarian options. Then right across was mm-hmm. the dry section mm-hmm. of all the organic vegan and vegetarian mm-hmm. options right. that were non-perishables. And it just was it was it was actually really impressive to see outside of a Whole Foods, outside of mm-hmm. a turnip truck. You right. know, you don't you don't see that a lot in Mm-hmm. in like recent right. years and now we've you know we have moved i believe you shared a photo uh the other day where it uh it showed like the the milk section like 10 years ago in the milk section now where it was like it went from all dairy with like one mm-hmm. little sliver of 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 vegan. like oat milk and right. cashew milk and stuff almond milk and now it's like half the section mm-hmm. you know half of the whole milk section was was alternatives mm-hmm. to dairy products including creamer like i love the silk sweet and creamy right. that is my mm-hmm. i don't like I, I honestly don't want any other creamer i've actually tried going back to other creamers and they mm-hmm. taste nasty i've tried going i've tried mm-hmm. drinking two percent milk when dad mm-hmm. didn't have any when he had too much left and he didn't want it I tried and I like I took one sip and I was like this is kind of like eh and like I'm, it just I'm, it just didn't it, right. it doesn't do it for me now and cuz I've been you know I haven't been uh I went vegetarian I think in my it was like in college or something for like mm-hmm. 4 months or no it was high school for like 4 months I went vegetarian um and then it was around that time period that I actually weaned off of utilizing milk mm-hmm. and and actually my you know, for the last almost decade, that's been my consistent is that I can actually speak on is that I have turned to outside of ice cream. I will, I will, I will admit I've, I've eaten ice cream and now they've got really dope, really delicious ice cream. We had that s'mores. oat. We had that vegan oat milk, uh, s'mores ice cream the other day. Holy shit. That's good. It was so good. And it just, you know, it, that's one of the things I can say, like I have stuck to consistently that gives me, that kind of gives me hope in the fact that I know that, you know, when, when I make the same change that you did, um, that, that like I can pull it off because I know I've done it before. I think the only, I think the only, <laughs> the only reason I gave up the vegetarianism at the time I did was a result of we went to like B dubs with Adam or something. Yeah. Well then, you know, then there, there, there Otherwise were, I probably would be yeah, still like, there really were not uh, many choices at that time. Like there are now. I mean, mm-hmm. literally, I gotta tell you, your bacon, your fake bacon back then was mm-hmm. like awful. 
still kind of bad I, today. Yeah, and that, and, <laughs> so and you know that hasn't and, improved in and, the last. Well, decade. Morningstar is still making that with egg and milk in it. So, Are they? Yeah. So I don't even I don't even use that. Shame anymore. on you, Morningstar. Shame on well, you. Well, they're trying. They're. Tr- I heard they were trying to transition, and some of their products are 100% vegan now. They're transitioning, but I just want to say that because of the deep conditioning, like uh, milk does a body good, and yeah, it's like, mach- it, makes it's, your, yeah. it makes your bones strong, and it's macho yeah. to eat eat the meats, you eat know, the, and all that. Eat the 32 ounce and there's, T-bone. Yeah, there's so much marketing. There's so much conditioning from our families. There's the the whole, the whole holiday thing. And, you know, and uh, so I'm not here to guilt trip anybody, but a relative asked me, you know, well, I noticed you're posting things about this. Why don't you just let people just go make their minds up for themselves? And I'm like, because if somebody else didn't post... I wouldn't have seen the truth. And without the truth, you cannot make a, a, the right decision or a good decision. That's up to you to see what's really out there, what's really going on, and then connect your food choices, your cosmetic, your clothing, your furniture choices. A lot of this comes from animals and uh, so much. And then you can say, wait a minute, I had no idea. I had no idea this is what the animals really were going through and and connect your heart your mind and your soul to your food choices to yeah the clothes you wear a lot of cosmetics are um not only have animal ingredients but they're tested on animals they are they're just blinded because they have things thrown into their eyes uh to see what if this happens to a person you know what will what damage will it do when they're done with the animals who live a god-awful life, you know, in the labs and just handled and tortured and, you know, ha- uh, they're given diseases and whatever, uh, you know, in the name of um, science, what have you. And then they're they're murdered normally after that. But, you know, you can you can choose to to buy your cosmetics that uh, have no animal ingredients uh that are not tested on animals and anything you want to do. And we just have the blessing of all this, like just massive information on the internet. It's, it's insane to me that like even makeup, you like you have to mark makeup as vegan. Like you wouldn't imagine that like that, that the makeup. Well, is- like eyelashes are made from minks so that minks are put in these very tiny cages for their entire life. They're just, they're bred so that they can be murdered, um, you know, and and a lot of people are wearing mink eyelashes, which um, they don't even realize it maybe that an animal had to die. And yeah, they think it was just synthetically processed yeah, in and some sort of. You can try a you can try a better option and make sure you're not. And that kind of brings up it. so the point of of like uh, the relative messaging you about mm-hmm. you know why are you posting? Let people make their own decisions. Like you shouldn't have to tell people. Well, from the beginning, we're told what we should and shouldn't do. And that's well, the, the, meat, that, that's the mean, and that's the influence, right. regardless if you're born into a meat eating household, a vegan well, household. Most people are born any, into meeting. Yeah, yeah. Meat I mean, yeah, it's, a, it's a primary and thing. And now they're pushing but, that agenda is pushed very strongly. And even all if it's time. not, and, and it's really not a, and it's, and to some people, 
it's not even like they're pushing this. They're not sitting there like an evil mastermind. Like, right. <laughs> I'm gonna push this. No, but agenda. I mean, we're we're all but it's, we're but, also conditioned. But, with you know, it. and that's you know, and that's but where it's like, like it's it's like absurd. To our some great great grandfather like, was a rancher, yeah, and then or, or, and then the father, the great grandfather, moved to Dallas, and then that father moved to New York. And even though you you know your family's now in New York, and you might mm-hmm. have progressive views and all of this, you still come from this family who you know, a couple generations back was this rancher dude mm-hmm. out in the Midwest. And so your entire life, your father, your, uh, your father, you know, your mother might've come from the same thing. Like y- these people are like, it's not like this evil, crazy agenda. Who, who, like, well, yeah, even if you, and even I, did, if you I didn't live mean a, that. It's just that the whole world practically views eating animals as, as this is totally normal. This is totally acceptable. This is, totally okay and it's deep conditioning it's deep brainwashing and conditioning is somebody i mean other well the you know the the people that are selling milk yeah it's it's a planned strategy so for the families it's just doing what families do so how do you feel then so so how do you feel then when you know when we are going through say biology class in uh in school and this is in our curriculum our government mandated curriculum Mm -hmm. that kids have to go through they does every science class has the same pyramid where you know they'll have they'll have the eagle at the top and then the snake and then the snake is above all the other rodents mm. and then the rodents and the insects and then they have the other triangle next to it where it's like they put the human at the top and then they put the lion and they put the you know they put right. the alligator and like they put them all in these categories yeah. of like yeah. your primary like and, and they teach you like it is taught in school that and by the food and drug administration you know well, and whatever that, yeah, yeah. And, and so so how do you feel then when and it was a conversation i just had earlier in regards to history class that that a lot of history in regards to america has been nationalized same with right. the food industry it's 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 like when we go into biology when we go into science and they're teaching us about the 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 cycle of life and the food pyramid it's the humans sit at top and like you well, might as well the image they have is like this yeah. scrawny little white guy but really it's it's more or less just a, a dude with a gun you know like it's mm-hmm. it might as well be because that's you know that's more well i, I don't know if that's more representative what's, what's but like, so right how do you now? feel how do you feel then like when when it's being put into our mind that just like the lion hunts the gazelle because we're above the lion we're above everything else well, okay, so I'm, I'm going to get to that. I just want to back up for just a minute when I was trying to, you know, and I did say, you know, I'm not trying to guilt trip anyone. I'm trying to get information out there because the animal agriculture industry does not, does not want people to see what's going on in, within those industries. And that's why they have tried to put a, these ag gag laws out there. So that people can be, instead of them being criminally charged for how they're treating the animals, the person that ends up criminally charged is someone who went in and exposed them. That person might be at risk for yeah. uh, criminal charges. But those are ag-gag laws, which people have to fight. Um, you know, the the animal activists are working with Food and Drug Administration uh, about, you know, their um, their food chart, you know, the food pyramid, and, you know, what is on the food pyramid that is being worked on. Well, and there's on. a difference between the food pyramid and the, like... The hierarchy. The, the hierarchy of, well, of the animals okay. and, like, 
the human hunts the bird, the bird mm-hmm. hunts the snake, the snake right. hunts the mouse, the mouse well, hunts the, the bug. Okay, and, you know, and like, we, you know, and so there are things, we all know what sexism is, we all know what racism is. Yeah. Uh, a term people might not be as familiar with is speciesism. Can you explain? And can you explain that a little bit to us? Because I know it's mm-hmm. kind of it's it's even for me. I'm kind of new to speciesism. Is the assumption of human superiority uh, leading to the exploitation of animals? So that kind of speaks. So that actually that term is is more or less defining that food that like food chain pyramid. And of you know we are at the mm-hmm. top, so we're above mm-hmm. it all. And it and and just remember when you're talking about the isms like sexism, racism, etc. Remember speciesism, because and a lot of people think oh vegans uh, think they're better, think this, think that. Um, actually, um, most vegans are are doing it because they do in fact do not think they're better than any other living species on this planet you know we're not in it for that we think we're so superior or anything just our hearts and minds have been opened up and we've seen the truth and once you see the truth you cannot you cannot just sit silently with that truth because if you're silent you're complicit still well and that truth is is kind of backed and not kind of it it is backed by science that that things inside the animal and agricultural communities are are actually you know a, a lot of people are are vegans are vegetarians and and are converting to to veganism as a result of the science that's happening we just watched a documentary you kind of spoke to the protein aspect of it and i'm going to kind of uh gear us a little bit towards towards some of the uh documentaries that we have watched to kind of reference. You mentioned about the proteins. We watched the Game Changer on Netflix uh, Game a few mm-hmm. uh, a few nights ago. That that actually was a representation of all the athletes, the different athletes that well, the, that utilize that, mm-hmm. and it speaks on the the animals. Actually, the only purpose that they serve in the in the food chain line, because obviously animals serve other purposes within nature. They Naturally, within nature, they serve other purposes, just like, you know, cows grazing on grass helps release carbon dioxide mm-hmm. into the soil, which we'll right. talk about because that's another thing that we, we just watched. Um, you know, the, the animals themselves are, are only middlemen to the protein. Well, because they're eating, okay, uh, people that think, oh, you know, like, eat your meat. Like, we were watching some of the weightlifters or whatever. Eat your meat so you'll be strong as an ox. And the ox only, you know, the ox does not eat meat. It eats eats plants, plants, grass, whatever. And, you know, the strongest, the biggest, the longest living animals on this planet, uh, definitely the strongest and the biggest, are, you know, uh, plant eaters. And All except for the crocodile, that motherfucker just won't die. Yeah, <laughs> they, they, they've been around for billions of years, yeah. and that motherfucker just is like, I'm right, chilling, right. bro. I'm gonna kick it down here in Florida. And uh, yeah, did you see that? Just off course, did you see that giant alligator that like popped up in the Florida community last no. summer? Yo, I gotta show you that video. Yeah. You. Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to sidetrack that. I just that that image popped in my head. Right. That, the alligator was massive. But one thing I want to say that, uh, okay, even after all these years as a vegetarian, 
Um, so then I decided I'm going to, uh, I'm going to make myself look at the egg industry and dairy industry videos. Mm -hmm. And these are things that might be way, 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 way in the back of your mind. If you, if it even enters your mind, what is going on in these industries? I had no idea really that billions and billions of male chicks are murdered on the first day of their lives because they're not in the egg industry. They're garbage. They're of no use. Uh, they put, they, they roughly handle these chicks and, uh, they're put on a conveyor belt for the most part. This is usually what happens. And they're just, you can see videos. They're chirping. They're going down the conveyor belt and they are brutally dropped into a meat grinder mm -hmm. alive and none of us, I was saying this to Nick, it, you know, most people don't want to really hurt an animal. So why are you paying other people to do it? You would not put a bunch of chicks in a blender at home and turn the blender on. But, yeah, you know, and there, there are other ways the chicks are killed, but that's the most quick way or whatever. Uh, that's that their, this industry that's their, does like, this mass efficiency but, way that they yeah. that they claim is like the way that they mm. have to do it on a smaller farm it's very typical you can see these videos um to see that what i'm saying is the truth uh they'll put live chicks in a giant garbage bag and just tie it and let them suffocate another method is just to throw them uh in water and let them drown so um i looked at that and i'm like i i had no idea and I cannot be a part of this anymore. Yeah. That is it for me. And then I did not know, um, I did not know that what some of the standard uh, practices are with, with cows, with dairy, you know, there's a high price that the animals pay for your cheese, your milk, your ice cream. Um, all those smiling whatever. cows on the Wisconsin that's, and California labels are that's uh, fake. That's all, <laughs> that's all marketing. Um, but you know, if you watch the videos, um, I've seen on smaller farms, I have seen um, a male cow killed right in front of its mother with a sledgehammer. Um, you know, um, but these, these, these are babies. Uh, most of the food that you're eating that's put on your table comes from um, babies. Uh, most of the um, lambs, uh, cows, whatever you're eating, that is not a very old animal. That um they do other terrible things like to the chickens they they have ways to make the chickens grow way beyond what they should their legs cannot support it they they fall over the chickens are in very very crowded buildings they can't even barely move and they're standing in their own waist and uh they're they're diseased they're usually walking on top of uh, other chickens that that died in this uh, hell that they live in so you know then when they're taken to the slaughterhouse they're they're strung upside down um they're dipped in an electrocution water you know they're electrocuted in water yeah. and that's supposed to uh do us have at least a stunning effect and then they and um, you think that like they go in, right next to then they have the the blades after they're dipped in the electrocution water there then they just they're on like an assembly line and they're just being um, pulled across the blade. And it's just um, a, a lot of, you know, some animals uh, for, for leather to take their fur, there's anal electrocution. And uh, 
some of them are just hung upside down. Like if they're, if they're skinning them for their fur, um, or their skins or whatever, they'll, um, turn them, you know, they'll hang them upside down. And I've seen video of, um, you know, animals skinned alive and thrown in a pile and watched that it took another 10 minutes of agony before they, they died. I mean, you have no idea what kind of violence you're participating in. And I want to bring awareness because up to 70, look what we're living through right now. And a lot of people want to blame like, oh, somebody ate a bat or something, or it's the wet markets or the bush meat. No, it's all of it. It's you it's know, the culmination of it's of of generations of 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 acceptance of mm-hmm. this, and then and then it's the the actual industry itself mm-hmm. is causing mass pollution, which is in turn affecting the wildlife that's out there because our waterways are polluted, our ground, our topsoil is polluted. Well, these these yeah. and, and just like. Just as, as you know, and we'll, again, like we we watched a lot of documentaries this week uh, in order to have a good conversation about this from, from my side as well. So I can, can understand some perspective mm-hmm. um, and like even bugs themselves adapted to pesticides and those pesticides mm-hmm. had to keep adapting just as, and, and just as there have been six mass extinctions, as Greta Thurman mm-hmm. uh, pointed out, we're in the mm-hmm. midst of our seventh. And the point of those mass extinctions is because the earth became unbalanced and it needed to rebalance itself. And Um, just like these animals, these animals, when they are exposed consistently to toxins and to poisons, they themselves over time slowly are going to change their own internal. So this bat may be drinking bad water or something that, that, you know, even if caught out in the wild, you know, well, if they're if they're in polluted mm-hmm. air, you know, the polluted air, China and U.S. are the two biggest air pollutants. You know, if you're in polluted air, polluted air, you know, polluted air, polluted waters, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and and then all of a sudden this dude captures you and eats you, you know, bat, squirrel, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, let's not just, you know, throw out it's a bat in China, you know, bat, a squirrel, a deer, you know, anything that y'all are going out here and doing if you are are mass, participating yeah. in this mass industry mass that's also farming. mass if you're participating in an industry that that does not care about the fact that that everything around you is being polluted because 70% of everything that's being grown is grown for the animals that are being bred for us and then we only get a little bit of vegetables mostly animals and those animals are mistreated the the waste and everything is going straight into our waterways and polluting it entirely the animal and waste. then and then now these animals slowly are you know they're almost becoming giant walking poison pills themselves when you hunt them and then mm-hmm. eat you you your your squirrel soup or your bat soup or whatever and so yeah now we're here well, and, you know? and you know these animals a lot of these animals you know, if left alone, they're, they're way out there and they're, they're in their own habitat. They're just, they're out there living their lives. Okay. And then, you know, that could be a swamp somewhere who knows where that is, but they're out there living their own lives and they have, they have diseases that are kind of specific to them. Yeah. They're not passed around in the human world. Okay. Until we go bother them, handle them, murder them, trap them, 
put them in, in filthy conditions, crowd them, and we keep handling and touching them and murdering them and eating them. Well, and, like and, and, and when we do that, what, that's when zoonotic crossover happens. Yeah. And seven, up to about, around 75% of all pandemics are zoonotic crossover where you just keep bothering that animal and eventually what is in that animal that was never in a human before jumps over to the human. The next stage is the human gets it. Now, is it going to jump just to that little group of humans uh, directly because of their direct contact? That's how it starts out. But then once it starts jumping human to human, and then it, it's just like the coronavirus has, um, you know, now we have these other strains. It's more aggressive strains coming out. And what we're going to do is deny and deny and ignore and not educate ourselves, not make changes that, are, that, that we could mm-hmm. make. And there's a chance that, you know, there's more pandemics coming. And there's been many in the past. You know, bird flu, swine flu, you know, on and on and on, and, um, you know, from zoonotic crossover. The other thing, even without that, that's, that's horrible. That, that's so horrible, you know, and look how many people got sick and died globally just from coronavirus. But think about this. The, usually the number one killer is a heart, is the heart attack. Yeah. And it's from meat. It's, it's from eggs, dairy, meat. This is where the heart attacks are coming from. So yeah, I mean, so, I mean, let alone, let alone just um, you know anything hereditary that might add to it. When you your entire life are eating things that your body isn't technically meant to like consume as a result of of gaining those proteins and those microbes and those things, it's animal cholesterol. Yeah, you're just you're you you are uh, exacerbating the problem that you may already have been born with. You could be born with the greatest heart ever. But all you do in your entire life is meat and dairy, meat and dairy, meat and dairy. You're getting yeah. your meat and threes. Well, it's, every, it's clogging yeah, your yeah. arteries. It's you the can number be born, one. You can yeah. be born with a heart defect, but eat vegan and and have a and maintain a really healthy heart because you are cutting out the middleman. You are cutting out well, those those bad right. enzymes and things that that are only that that's the only thing you're getting yeah. by eating animals I mean is the, is the bad enzymes yeah. well that, the protein the animal is getting like let's say the cow they're getting that from the grass yeah you can just eat I'm not saying eat grass you know but you know <laughs> I mean but, you can go ahead and smoke it just yeah. I ain't saying to go eat it but I'm just saying um and there there are just you know to make anyway if you are consuming animals um you are contributing to pandemics you are contributing to heart attacks the 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 you know number one killer um you are participating in and i beg you to watch if you if you will uh watch the videos and see what level of cruelty and violence that you're participating in and 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 then just you have to have a conversation then with yourself you know do i want to be part of pandemics do i want to be part of of you know heart attacks is just the main one i'm talking about there are a lot of other health consequences um in addition to that that's coming from meat dairy eggs etc and then you know and and just say do i want to be part of this or do i want to be part of something that's um you know that 
that is is going somewhere in a new direction that uh you know i I saw a meme the other day that vegans are um pioneers in a new world that's going to be a less violent one you know and i don't even think and what's crazy is kind of circling back to the game changers movie that we watched or documentary that we watched veganism isn't a pioneering thing it's it's a rediscovered right, pioneer right, right, right. because the, the the fucking Spartans were vegans. Yeah, they said they did. They've also with advanced um, technology. They, you know, they said at first they thought like, mm, like some, you know, they were examining, you know, what was found with, um, you know, a skeleton from way back, you know. Like, what were they eating? And they're like, it was assumed they were eating meat, but it's because, you know, bones are going to last. If they if they ate some plants, those are going to disintegrate, you know. And they, so with yeah, they, new, thought, with, they thought your bones yeah. and your, your body mass was going to be weak if you or, didn't, yeah. if you didn't and, eat, and then they were, eat the big yeah. ox. And because they were just finding animal bones near them, that's what they thought, but, or whatever. And, but, you know, they realized that um, with the new technology, they were actually like, grinding you know down like bone and whatever to see what was really what were they really eating Mm -hmm. and and it was it was a lot of of plant-based stuff but you know in a in a future video i'd like to talk more about um you know not only watching the videos of what's really happening to the animals but you've got a lot of like vegan influencers out there on youtube and instagram like badass vegan or i am tabitha brown i hope i'm saying this lady's name right mina and her last name is R O M E, and or like Rome. I, yeah, I I guess that's how she says Mina it. Rome? Like it, Mina Rome, I I guess. But um, she, um, I see her on YouTube a lot, and she just uh, does a lot of things from scratch. Uh, mm-hmm. Some interesting things. She's got. Uh, I think she has a very soothing voice. Um, but these are just a few people. There are so many out there. Uh, so many documentaries to watch. Uh, to you know, and then, you know, to educate yourself. And then if you decide you want to try it, um, I know that uh, some of them will say, you know, we're here for you at the beginning of this journey. We'll give you all the menus you want, all the support you want, all the information you want. And, you know, you have these, these support systems out there. And and can I point out when you were listing off the things that people are participating in uh, as a result of being, being a part of uh, the, the big agro I left something out. I you, think you're going to hit you on left it. Some, you left something out. That's pretty big. And it's, it's very huge. And it's, you know, I, I would like to circle around to it because I think two of the documentaries that we've watched recently really touched heavy on on the the actual uh, uh, environmental impact of it all. You know, um, you know, we look at global, climate change. Yeah. We, you know, when you when you participate and, and I can't sit here and say like when you participate like I'm like I'm not also one of them. I I mean, damn, I had a I had a chicken pizza the other day. I had you know I've had McChickens and mm-hmm. you know I, you know I don't eat red. A, I don't a, I don't eat. I cut red meat out of my diet years ago as a result of of my body just not feeling right because we 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 really aren't meant to process red meat like let alone meat at all it's a our bodies process red meat the slowest and 
People say like, oh, we'll eat red meat because it'll make you feel fuller longer. No, it's because our bodies are consuming something Mm -hmm. that really is not supposed to be there. But I think you are, you have made a big effort toward uh, over the years to, to try to choose a lot. I know you're you're choosing a lot of vegan products. I would say, I would say outside of. And vegetarian. Outside of a bag of frozen chicken, outside of a bag of frozen chicken from Publix or outside of like a a fresh thing of chicken for, you know, like a barbecue chicken and veggies meal. I would say most of my diet is, is, is fairly vegetarian. And really my only, you know, the thing that I have to break, which is the same struggle you had earlier, which is uh, eggs and dairy, which I mean, just eggs are something that they got introduced very recently to yeah, myself the, the as brand, of the as brand, of, yeah, just yeah. eggs, yeah, just eggs, just got introduced to me, and you know, those, and I think those are awesome, and like they taste really good. You know, you throw some Cajun mm-hmm. in there, like while you mixing it, and like that shit tastes fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, whatever it, you want, you can just make an omelet or yeah, yeah. I mean, it, nice it cooks, it cooks really well Use as long as baking. you don't have a as long as you don't have a shitty pan, yeah. like it, it doesn't stick. But it's the color and the consistency of eggs, and it's it's close enough in flavor. Yeah. You know that it's a it's really but, one of the products I you like. know and, and I, but I would say most of I would say a a a, a very high percentage of my like actual diet mm-hmm. itself is is along a vegan and vegetarian diet. It's moving and, that way. And you know, uh, myself and Missy, like I've I think even said earlier on this podcast, mm-hmm. and like we've talked about before, me and Missy have in fact talked about you know moving our lifestyle to completely vegetarian and eventually completely vegan. Mm-hmm. Um, and not only because it's, it would help us get healthier, but also, you know, we're looking at the fact that like, mm-hmm. we want to live long, healthy lifestyles. And if we want a long and healthy life for kids and grandkids and mm-hmm. to see, you know, if we ever get floating cars that, you know, drive themselves, you know, we, mm-hmm. you know, we have to continue to, you know, we bought a soda stream to cut, to make our own like lemon lime water at home. Mm-hmm. You know, we bought, um, you know, we, we only use silk creamers, uh, right. to, to, you know, drink our coffee with, we, you know, we're, we're slowly phasing out snacks mm-hmm. and snack foods and we're looking more into and like protein bars and yeah. organic, like fruit balls. And there's a lot you know, of those it, that, uh, you also know, have packed in some, uh, protein into those bars. Well, and that's know? the, and I think that's the thing that d- is different about, uh, and, and we're, I'm going to circle back to climate change, but I think the thing that has changed significantly about you know the perception people still have the old school perception of what people still have is they tried a veggie burger in like 2003 and they were disgusted by it and then they haven't gone back since and <laughs> the 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 funny part about that is the industry has changed a lot. if you cook a beyond meat burger I remember cooking uh, like a Beyond Meat burger and a Beyond Meat sausage, or it was impossible. It was impossible or Beyond. It was one of the two. And like it actually kind of ran like it was running blood. And you actually were like, I don't know if I can eat that because it's something it, like it looks too real. Yeah. And sometimes they like, I, and I it, have, like, and like, yeah. and I charred it. Mm-hmm. Like, I charred it like a really good fucking char on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we put the, we put mm-hmm. the diet cheese on it and like some ketchup and mustard. And that's what mm-hmm. we had for dinner that day. Yeah. And like, 
that shit was fire. Now, yeah, you can do so much with it. And there's, you know, if you don't like exactly the taste of this one, they've got five, six other, like, um, burgers that they've made well, and, and, you know, that you can try. But uh, Well, and I had Dad when, mm-hmm. when I was staying up there with him uh, for a little while. We stopped at a Hardee's, and they have Impossible Burgers. Mm-hmm. And, and I ordered one, and I told Dad, I said, hey, try this with me. I'm like, I, I'm, trust me, this tastes just like a regular burger with the tomato and the, the he, ketchup and the mustard. Did he like it? He loved it. Yeah. He was like, I, he's like, it's, it's missing that ju- the, the, the juiciness I'm used to, but like, he's like, this isn't bad at all. And I said, no, I made biscuits mm. and gravy. You know my dad. He loves his Southern biscuits and gravy. I made him biscuits and gravy using vegan... Uh, like a, a a vegan sausage roll, mm-hmm. and I crumbled it up. Me and Missy sautéed the sausage and all of that. He had no idea the, he had no, he didn't look at the packaging or nothing. Me and Missy cooked it. We made gravy with almond milk. You know, we mm-hmm. he, we did everything as a vegan breakfast. Mm-hmm. And he he, he ate that shit. I had no idea. And I said, "How'd you like that?" He said, "It was good. It was really good." It, he's like, "What'd you what'd you add to it?" It had like a really nice, interesting flavor. I said. It was all vegan. Yeah. And that blew his mind right. because because he, you know, he is also a symptom of and a participant within the same cycle of like meat. We've, right. you know, the Arby's, we've got the um, meat. But, you know, let's, I dig, let right. me digress. Um, you know, we, you know, we, we left out one of the things uh, in that list, which was when you participate in the giant farm and agriculture industry. Um, you are, you are participating Mm -hmm. in, in climate change. You are participating in, in actually hurting the earth. There's deforestation in order to make. Well, yeah. So, so there is, so there is an entire slew of, of things that, that go into it that people don't realize. In order to make room for a gigantic animal agriculture. Yeah. And so people, people look, people, when, when I say global warming, What's the first thing that you would think, not not as you and I would think, what would be the first thing you would think as, like, basic human being in their, like, 20s or 30s? Well, you when think of car emissions. You think of car emissions. You think of... Factories. Factories. Yeah. You think of semi-trucks. You but think you of trains. But you, you think don't of realize how much animal agriculture contributes to that. Yeah, and know. so and so that, that kind of takes me to, uh, to the point that I want to introduce when we watched... Uh, not only did we watch uh, "Kissing the Soil," "Kissing I, uh, the Kiss the Ground," "Kiss the Ground," uh, which uh, have Woody Harrelson narrating, mm-hmm. uh, which was actually really cool. It was okay. It wasn't I mean for I me? I actually I found that one to be uh, actually I had, I had a very good. I had a really it. really good conversation with Ryan this morning. Um, I had a really good conversation with him in regards to that because he grew up out in mm-hmm. farmland, Tennessee. And so he understands, he understands that culture. He understands that mentality. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and he understands the science behind it right. because he too has also researched it. And, you know, when, when we are partaking in this giant animal agriculture system, our entire crop, 70% of all of the crops that we grow in the United States don't feed us. For animal feed. They are just for animal feed. 
if we it and, and so what was the guy from the USDA department that goes around and educates people on topsoil. Uh, what's his last name? Archuda. I, th- I think uh, so. I, you know, I can't, I can't remember. I can't it's remember his like name, that. but he, he goes around into Educated. farmland and he educates farmers on like mm-hmm. what it means, what, like what, like what the actual impact is mm-hmm. of their operation and how the, right. their standard operation of tilling and pesticides and more tilling and more pesticides and tilling and pesticides and, is leading to dirt and not soil. And and what he showed what was it like a map of the CO2 emissions? Yes. And he's and it was showing that um when the tilling is going on, he said tilling is is really destroying um the soil, turning it into dirt. Turns it into uh, well it turns it into dust, dust because dust. it releases the CO two in the water. And, mm-hmm. He said it it you know, that's what creates mm-hmm. even what created the giant dust mm-hmm. bowl. And then yeah, and then so so NASA, you know, from space is is showing like uh you can see what's going on on the earth with what they're filming and you can see like purple and red areas, um which um, you know, this is happening during tilling. And um, this is when um, the ground then is releasing carbon at extreme rates. At, you know, and you you really want that. You want you want that in the ground, and yeah, you want the soil to be healthy you. because the soil but will actually absorb. I think we should do a whole other thing just on that. No, I mean, I mean, this is, yeah. I mean, this is all a part of it, man. Like, you know, right. like this is, you know, because because as a part of the soil. The reason that the reason that most of it is is happening that way is is a result of as um, a result of of right. you know farming and tilling for mm-hmm. animal feed and, when you- and like if you eliminated if you eliminated seventy percent of all of our farmland because we didn't have to feed these massive herds of animals say you eliminated 60 percent, and 10 percent was for just normal farms with like grazing like homebred you could raise them all the way until they naturally die and they're just there literally to graze on the grass and help fertilize the soil if 10 if we cut it all the way down and that's all that animals were there for were to naturally roam and live to help balance the ecosystem of these farmlands for the crops and for the soil if you're down to 10%, our carbon emissions are like insane. Like like our carbon emissions that we are now not kicking out but actually able to absorb. The soil absorbs 10%, what was it? 10 times more carbon than than plants and grass. Like it's the soil itself that that really can save us. But when you pull all of this together, um, I think it's, it's, we've come to a time where we just, we know better now. We know information and that we never had before yeah. to make these, these better decisions. But, you know, if you want to teach your children nonviolence and compassion, it's going to start with what's in front of them on the table. And, and I think if you can be anything in this world, you know how the saying goes, what the saying is. In a world where you can be anything, be kind. And, um, and it's, and, and that's, uh, you know, you, you can't do better than that than to, to, um, to 
teach someone to live a life of compassion and to make, you know, choices that definitely are connected to your to your heart, your mind, and your soul. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's some powerful shit, man. Because you are not, you are, you are not, you do, you do not have to be who your family taught you to be. You can be any anybody you want to be, mm-hmm. and you don't have to live with their choices that you were indoctrinated with. You you can be your own person, and you are not your family's traditions. You you don't have you don't have to be that either. And you can still just uh, you know, and out of love for your family, teach them a better way, better health, Thanks. better compassion, better way to live. And uh, how much time do we have left? We can just go as much as we want, man. Oh, I just want to say, like, um, if well, that's want- why that's why I was saying, like, we we don't have to, like, we you know, we ain't got to right. stop, like, if we want to talk about, because like we haven't talked about, we haven't really, we didn't really dive much into the soil thing. We haven't, right? We haven't dived a whole lot into. I don't um, remember all the data about the soil thing. More, so and you probably do more I, than I, I got. Re- so I actually got really into that one, uh, mm-hmm. and it was actually really inspiring to see. Um, but yeah, let's uh this would be a good time for a water break. So let's uh let's get some water. Okay. And then come back. Good. Okay. Cool. I'm gonna put on Caught the phone. <laughs> I'm gonna put on some uh waiting music. I'm gonna fart Ooh. Ooh, that shit stank. I'm nasty as fuck, bro. 8-bit remix. All right, let's see what we got in an 8-bit remix. Um, 8-bit remixes of popular songs by Rap Boy 2. Uh, I think this is the one that I used to fuck with back in the day. Uh, that's actually really good. Mm, what should we do? Uh, since we are talking about soil uh, and soil turning to dust, as we wait, as we go through a uh, little little break, I'm gonna put on another one. Bice the Dut eight bit remix cover. Once the ads load, okay, yeah. So this is eight bit remixes of popular songs. If I can get it to play, and this is another one. Bites the dust.
That's another one. Bites the Dust 8-Bit Remix, y'all. That's what's up. What it do, man? We are back from our water break. Yes. So, uh, so just kind of picking up where yeah. we left off, um, you know, um, so, so like the facts inside of the facts inside of that soil thing was kind of the, the gist I got from it was that, you know, one of the, one of the most shocking things that they told us in that is that we have 60 harvests left. Now, mind you, they probably filmed that in 2019. It came out in 2020. Yeah. I, I imagine they filmed it in twenty in like the 2018, 2019. Something like the 60 harvests left would probably, because of where how big that information is, I imagine that to be one of the last bits of information that they did record to oh. make sure that it was as accurate as possible based on when the actual documentary was coming out, which was 2020. So imagine that in 2080, at our current pace, and at the fact that the, the rate of, of humanity is growing, the, which, the demand on food mm-hmm. is growing, which means that the demand on growing food is going to grow, which would mean even at our current pace, we have 60 harvests left. Mm-hmm. If, yeah, I mean, if we speed that about, up, yeah, that's potentially before oh. six, 2080 that... We, sorry. That we are completely out of topsoil and we have no way of growing food. So, like, that was one of the biggest things I took away from from that documentary, Kissing the Ground, is that because of tilling the significant amount of destruction happening to the topsoil itself, the amount of CO2 and, and water that it's losing turns it into dust and it goes away. And it's, it's, it's damaged, it's broken, and that leads to... Uh, desertion where where the ground is drying up and becoming desert like um and and i thought it was really uh it was cool to also see the holistic uh rancher as -hmm. he called himself that he you know he showed his land Mm -hmm. and his neighbor's land that was basically outside of uh random weeds that were able to sprout up Mm -hmm. it was basically dead and 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 he showed the i mean and they along with him talked about the stats of of having a farm that grows one agriculture whether it's corn or whether it's soy or beans or you know um you know whatever you know if you grow one thing you grow and then it's done and then you're Mm. empty for many many a day and then you're making no money on that land because it's got to heal and then you have to come back and grow something else you have to till it which that well, tilling? They, no, no, they, they don't want to till anymore. Tilling the well, old, no, no, the, no, no, no. What he's saying is the average farmer. He's not. Yeah, I'm not right, talking right. about oh, okay. their farming. He has a non-tilling tiller that just right. rolls along the ground just to kind of push a little bit of topsoil onto the actual. Right. I mean, uh, onto yeah. the seed rather than mm-hmm. uh, rather than like actually digging into the dirt and yeah. ripping it up and moving it around like well, that. Well, and it's the tilling but, that's releasing too well, much and that's, carbon. And so that's, and that was what I was getting to is that, that when you till, that it ruins your land. Well, this guy switched after losing his crops for like five years in a row, switched to becoming a holistic rancher who grows 19 different agricultures on his land. And he said he makes year round not just during his growing season not just in harvesting season he makes $100 profit per acre per day 
And we did. Whereas, whereas the typical farmer, if you remove the subsidies for growing crops, it you know, all these farmers that are growing crops for the animal industry are making a ton of money, not because they are making money, not because what they're growing is valuable. Or their crops... You know there are crop failures, and then we keep subsidizing. Yeah, and we pay we pay them off. Like if if mm-hmm. if if a hailstorm hits them, they get paid off. Where does that money come from? Our tax dollars. Yeah. And they I know, are I, they they. It is a twenty five mm-hmm. plus billion dollar a year subsidy from our tax dollars. It is the largest welfare program. It's it's his words. He said. He said, I refuse, you can't tell me that you are against welfare when you participate in the largest welfare system within the United States when your crops, if you take away the subsidized version of two ninety nine per pound or two you know, five dollars per bushel, twenty per bushel that are you're being resubsidized, your actual profit on a per day per acre basis is 15 cents to a dollar mine is a hundred dollars and i'm on my own well i take zero dollars from the government we didn't and we didn't that's right and And that's and and that like that statement blew my mind when he said he said y'all are all against he said a lot of you farmers are against welfare programs for these big cities that you don't want to pay into because you're not a part of a big city you don't want to pay into that system but yet you are fully taking advantage of millions of people who aren't a part of your ecosystem as a farmer who they are subsidizing your land to be profitable when it's not you either lose money or only make a slight margin of money yourself and then the u.s government is bailing you out because you're growing something they think you need to that you need to grow. We we didn't finish talking about the NASA, you know, what was seen oh, up yeah. there so, for NASA. So, yeah. So, so when, yeah, when they're tilling, it's okay. releasing mass. It was like, what month was it? It was uh, like something like April or something. I yeah, don't know. April. I'm not it, was, a, it was April. I've never been it was, a farmer. It was, uh, when so all the it tilling. started. So, so you saw the rise. In uh, you saw the rise in carbon in Very like thick. late March, starting in May, getting thicker and thicker. April. And then all of a sudden in April, it was just... No, 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 no. In, in March, April, I think is when the tilling was happening. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. In in late March... In, yeah, yeah, sorry. April. Sorry. In, in like late February, March, you saw the red getting thicker. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, it was explosion like the entire globe release of carbon the entire globe just covered in massive amounts of carbon dioxide that, that, that was detect you know detected by you know the nasa and the uh filming and then yeah, and, but and, when and the, the, guy, plants- and the guy looked at the guy looked at everybody in the room mind you these are all farmers and was like what are we doing in april and all of them just kind of sat there like no, I don't know. It was like watching Forky ask a question. I don't know. It was like, dude, really, like, you know what it is. Like, you, like you can't deny when you are looking at evidence of carbon coming from Central America, mm-hmm. where most of our agriculture farming is from Western, from the California up and through the Western um, and Midwest, where all of our farming takes place, where the majority of it takes place. 
you look at it coming up and then moving up into Canada and into East America and then over the seas. You look at you look at Africa where their agriculture is. You look at China where their agriculture is. You look at France where their agriculture is, and you see just massive, just insane release of carbon because amount. of tilling. Right? Yeah, because that's when in the northern hemisphere along mm-hmm. that line, when when it's our season mm-hmm. to till. They didn't even show South America because you know South America is doing the same thing in probably what what would April what would April be turned into for I South America? I don't know. January, but, February, March, yeah. April. So but, but, four months. I mean, you basi- flip it, it would be like. Um, but basically, you know, I think the point they're trying to make is that look look at. The shot from you know that NASA has. Yeah, this when, is this is when, our this when, is our this isn't something from the UK. This yeah, isn't when, from somebody no. else. And this is like, our American and NASA. And it's saying, look when, look what's going on when the crops start growing because then when the all the crops mm. are growing, the carbon is returning to the ground to the plants. Yeah, and then you know so that massive like red and purple color that represented release massive release of carbon you don't want you know and you then you see when all the crops start growing you know the carbon uh image is pretty much gone it turns blue which means that there's very little yeah. in the air and that's because and that's, that's the, where it should be in the ground well, and that's the crazy thing is we think that the 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 carbon footprint of cars of planes of trains of ships of all these things that we believe is like you would think in the summertime more people are in cars they're traveling they're going about places they're you know they're out and about and they're traveling more more planes are flying you know all this is going on you think in the summer more is happening it's hotter more things are rising all of that no because of I mean, the sheer amount because our because our planes because our our farms are now covered in gr- are are covered in greenery are covered in plants that are absorbing that co2 putting it back into the plant the plants then giving us that oxygen and then when the plant gets harvested when the grass gets grazed by free-range animals now and, and it's like what the lady was showing us where when you pull up a piece of of dirt with the the grass root when the grass gets grazed the root then detaches and it falls, this root, full, just completely full of, just full entirely of carbon, falls into the soil, and now is an organic matter that sits in the soil and fertilizes the soil. And and I mean, th- they, just that graphic was yeah. amazing. And I'm, if I can, if I can find that graphic and actually put it on this this video before mm-hmm. I upload it, I will because that's a, that's actually right. a really great graphic. Um, the other thing is that uh, one good point they made about you know that they were trying to make in the film. The point is that they've they found the solution, and it's right in front of us. Yeah, just like many other solutions that are right in front of us, we just have to, you know, take courage and and be committed to to improving our lives, others' lives, the earth. And, um, you know, we can, we can do it. And there's a, there's a solution. There has to be an educational process. People have to get on board 
and listen to what the solution is. But well, this and it is takes, not doomsday. This can be fixed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right now, at the current trajectory we're at, you know, we are we are moving towards uh, a generation or two from now really, really struggling to figure out what what they're going to do. You know, the, the people, the kids that are being born right now, when they're adults and when they're elderly, the kids that are being born right now today, if in 60 years we have done nothing because our politicians, because our leaders have decided that their political future is much more important than the future of, that they're minute, let me, let me use that word, that they're minute that they're that they're mediocre in the grand scheme of all history their their time period within being a leader whether it be politics whether it be social reform whether it be whatever it is if our leaders and not just here in America all around the world because when we watch that that Greta documentary it was it was leaders from all over the world poking fun at at this little girl who, but just, some, but some who took her very seriously. Oh, they, I mean, yeah. there was a, there was an entire UN, uh, you know, conference of leaders who stood up and gave her a, a rousing ovation. But then you have leaders from very prominent places, including forty five from America, who just scoffed at it. Well, they don't laughed want, at it, yeah, turned it into a political joke. Right. They don't want to hear and, it because they want to do business as and, usual. And and they. The first thing they turned to was, she's just 15. She's got Asperger's. Like, what does she know? Yeah. It's like, no, you sound like an ass. Like, you totally sound like an ass, bro. Because you, we are looking at, you know, we're looking at what can be changed. And when you're looking, when you, you know, I'm putting the two Kissing the Ground documentary and the Greta documentary. Kiss the Ground. Kiss the Ground documentary and the Greta documentary together. I am the Gre- thing that it's, the, it's I am Greta. I'm just I'm I just not, wanted to I just wanted to put the yeah, in yeah. case in case somebody wanted to find it. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it. it's on Hulu. We ex- mom accidentally had me looking on Netflix, but it's on <laughs> Hulu for show for show. Um I mean, really if you put the two together, right? You you see one thing that that stood out, which was the what was it? The COP conference or COP conference or it was the global like conference where like the UN and like countries from around the world like came together to speak mm-hmm. on climate, right? Right. And and so the guy in Kissing the Ground was like, I have I have a, a solution, this four for every thousand what are you doing? Kiss the ground? <laughs> French kiss the ground? No, I'm I'm just writing. She's literally kiss the ground because she keeps saying kissing the ground, kissing the ground. I'm French kissing the ground, man. <laughs> Whatever. I like sticking my tongue in the dirt. Oh Lord. Here, let me see that. <laughs> just so, just so I can visualize it. Like did that? Did this literally? You're just trying to take my paper from me. Did this literally just fucking happened? Uh, that <laughs> that like I have to be told how to fucking say things. <laughs> there, there's your paperback. Uh, You're talking to my paper rattling. Yeah, okay, so so let me point this out. <laughs> let me let me point something very serious out. Okay. Okay. We sitting here talking about global climate change. Mm-hmm. Part of that is trees. 
My mother has a Galaxy S10 Plus. And sometimes I like to put my thoughts on a piece of paper still. She won't use the Samsung Notes. I do sometimes. She won't use Google Drive. I do. She barely knows how to use Google unless she wants to WebMD because she <laughs> thinks her or somebody around her is dying. Now don't, and then she knows how to use Google. Don't hate, Then she, then hate, she wait, knows wait. how to use her phone. Don't but hate, look, no. she will use an entire sheet of paper to correct me <laughs> because I'm saying I'm making out with the ground. <laughs> Nick, you're hating on me because I was just trying to stop you from saying kissing the ground. And Why it, don't you want to be kissing the ground? It's Mother Earth. So if people want to watch the movie, they can... Well, I'm sure if they type kissing the ground, they'll find I'm it anyway. I'm very positive that a Google search <laughs> of kissing the ground will bring up kiss the ground or as might, a recommendation. Or it could take them to some weird site called you, kissing the ground. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think? is going to be some weird... Uh, who knows? Okay. Anyways. But you know what? But my, um, but, but my point... What was my... Oh. Are they going to stick with us this long? Yeah, I don't... I don't know. Who knows, man? Uh, my point being, though, is that when you take the two together, they went to this this conference, this French dude in the first movie, the first documentary you watched, mm-hmm. Making Out with the Ground. Um, <laughs> the face she's giving me, <laughs> she's doing this. Two thumbs down. Uh, when we watched that one, he, you know, that's where he pitched his... His, you know, change, like, his pitch, and everyone signed on except for United States and a couple other very uh, conservative countries around the globe. And it it showcases that, you know, in America, we will, we will make change if it makes money, but we will not make change if, if there's no monetary return in it, if there's no I benefit in, you know, if the I in United States is not taken care of, you know, it, it's not going to happen. So when we're like, hey, we need to eliminate the emissions happening on our grasslands or, hey, we need to stop growing so much, which means that, yeah, the animal industry is going to have to shrink so that we can grow less and so we can uh, spread our agriculture out. Even if it's over a time period, we need to to change the way we behave as a way to heal our planet, as a way to maintain our humanity here on this planet. You know, I think Greta said, like, we're, you know, we are acting like we have five spare planets. You know, like it's a, like it's a, you know, and for me, it's like, it's comparing it to like, you, you drive recklessly in your car, you're running over sidewalks, you're driving through rocks and broken glass and all of this because you have spare tires at home. We don't have spare tires, but right now we are driving our planet through glass. We are driving our planet over rocks and sticks and nails and construction sites. We, you know, if you think of our planet like a like a tire, that's what we're doing to it every time. Is like when we're tilling up the planet and we're doing this as a result, literally just to feed animals to make them fat, so that you know two or three more steaks can be taken off to feed some dude at Longhorn Steakhouse. Where, you know, we are, in effect, every steak you're eating, every chicken, every piece of pork you're eating is is contributing to the fact that they think the industry is just, they can grow and grow and grow the industry. And in turn, the the industry is slowly shrinking our ability to to recover. You know, it's, we're, we're really, we're, you know, 
the CO2 that's already out there is permanently up there for hundreds, if not thousands of years, right? Like, that's what they were saying. And it's like, all we can do now is, is, uh, what was the, what was the terminology that uh, one guy used where it like, down, uh, uh down, I think we should, downturn or no, downgrade no, or, no, no. It was, it was, it, the, the term was down something, down pulling. I don't know. Maybe something like Shit. that. And it's, it's, it's just talking about uh, bringing the carbon back, you know, finding ways to bring the carbon uh, back. Uh, for my part, I would like to go ahead and make uh, my closing statement for this podcast. Uh, oh, you trying to get out? You don't want to talk to me? Well, yeah, well, I, I just want to put my closing thoughts out here and then I'll, I, I'll just uh, hand it all over back to you. And um, I hope, you know, this was the first time I've been, been able to speak to anyone about my passions, um, about, you know, treating the animals um, with all the respect yeah. that they deserve. Every, every living being as an individual, just like I am, just like you are. And these are not products uh the problem with their mistreatment is they're treated like products and not living beings but i hope something i said uh today inspired you because humans uh we have you know we all have superpowers our superpowers um are so much more than what we give ourselves credit for and with our superpowers we we can really change the world we can Mm -hmm. change our own lives and we can we can do something amazing um, as well for the animals and, and get them, you know, move toward getting them out of the, the hell that they're in. And, um, you know, it's, it's exciting to be, uh, you know, being on the cusp of technology and not just new knowledge and, and I uh, hope I empowered somebody today to, you know, take a closer look and, and realize what all you can do, that you're a big part. We're all important. We're all a part of it. Well, and it's conversations like this that really, you know, that, that kind of start that change. Mm-hmm. You can't um, you can't start change without first speaking up. You know, it's like you can have an and idea sharing. that can change. You can have an idea that can change the world, but if you don't share it, the world's going to stay the same. And, right. and it doesn't just take the you know it doesn't take the a-list actors or the politicians or anyone to tell us to to do anything we saw what Greta was able to do by just taking a Friday off of school one day or it was a Tuesday or something and then she decided to move it she started to do it just on Fridays yeah yeah yeah. so you, you see what just one simple action can do one mm-hmm. simple motion because she knew do. she knew what she wanted to do well her, and i think and i think it also it comes stood down her to her ground well and i think it it will and i mean even even before it grew into what everything that that situation was mm-hmm. it it grew locally first people mm-hmm. stopped people right. talked people wanted to be at in. first she was just sitting alone and then yeah. people kept coming by and, and more and her. more people started skipping school and skipping Got work news and, coverage and, yeah and i mean who was she? Who was she? Mm-hmm. Who was she? Like, before all of this, she was a human being. Yeah. She was a human being who started to research what 
was happening well, to pers- the planet. And it, and it personally and, was haunting her. Yeah. You know? And and I mean, now, she was focused more on climate change than the agriculture aspect. But the she's agriculture... A ve- she's a vegan now. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, and when you... But when you look at the effects and, of of what of what traditional Western farming is having on, on the world, we are damaging it to a point of no return. We are, you know, we are basically, you know, putting, it's like putting your leg under a compactor and then somehow expecting your leg to be just as strong when it heals. No, it's not going to heal. You have... When you till the earth, when you fill it with pesticides, when you pollute the water, when you take out the, when you genetically modify things and you take out the microbes that our body needs, we are mostly bacteria. Our, we are like, what did what, I say? We're 99% bacteria, bacteria 1% human. human. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, we, we thrive off of microbes. And the reason why, you know, uh, he was saying why Roundup was losing all of its suits is because Roundup kills the microbes in the grass, or I mean in the soil, and if you accidentally inhale or swallow any amount, our body can take our microbes being hurt. It can take them being like punched around a little bit, but when you have something like a Roundup that specifically targets and kills those microbes, well, it's it's killing people and it's it's permanently like maiming people internally because it's killing off literally who we are Mm -hmm. inside and it just the 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 ecosystem is always connected right just like they were saying when you when you don't have these barren lands you know right now there's a massive drought happening in california and in the midwest and in the western states and it's as a result of this like desertation desertation yeah i think that's how you say it where because the soil has the topsoil has been damaged for so many years and so many harvests and not not been allowed to recover, not been allowed to heal and just damaged and damaged and damaged. It's now just it's now just it's now just dirt. And it doesn't the, exist. Mm-hmm. Like like the nutrients in there doesn't exist. And that's what you know, that's where we're sitting. And because they don't exist, there's no moisture. There's no water in the soil. The soil isn't allowed, to, isn't capable of holding CO2 or water. So that evaporation that is supposed to happen there, go up and into the clouds and into the ecosystem right above. We get, what did he say? Like 60 or 70% of our like, uh, like water cycle is from the ocean and then it comes inland. But the other like 40% is from... Right here, if you're in like a landlocked state, like 40%, unless you're, you know, like Tennessee here, we get a lot of the weather patterns from the Gulf. The Gulf Coast gives us a lot of our weather patterns. But there are days we get rain that Louisiana does not. And that's the pattern. It comes up from Louisiana right there. And it comes up this way, and then it goes to Kentucky, Ohio, Pennsylvania, New York. That's our pattern here. Well, there are days that nowhere else is getting rain, but right here. It's because the, the uh, what did he call it? It was redistribution or something. Man, there's a lot of terminology. Well, I should have you know wrote you some terminology I, down. But I, I want to promise that if I do another one of these, I mean, we just kind of randomly watch these shows and 
we hadn't well, even. It wasn't random. You like, well, you like. I mean, I mean, no, but I mean, it wasn't like I didn't have my notepad out. I didn't think I was going to well, yeah, be. Yeah, we weren't like definitely studying. talking about it in the in the podcast. And I promise, if there's anything I ever bring up again, <laughs> I'll make sure I watch the movie or the documentary like twice at least. Make and sure I'll you're take not my, scrolling and Facebook. And, and I'll take my notes so that I am accurately uh, giving no, you. No, and a, I mean, and, you know, uh, exact verbatim you know like quotes or facts from the show but i can't do it today well apologies for that no and i mean it's really i mean we're just here to have a conversation i in particular found uh game changers and the soil very kiss the ground (laughs) kissing the ground kiss the ground you said the soil (laughs) yeah i found the soil and then you trailed off (laughs) so like (laughs) Let me help you out here. <laughs> you looked a little lost too. Uh, maybe he's trying to say. I was trying to say the soil. Kiss the ground again. <laughs> oh shit, man. Uh. The soil and then silence. The <laughs> silence of the soil. <laughs> right. Why does that sound like the fucking Well, as you can movie? tell, he was very, we were very inspired by the, the, I, uh, the documentaries. Oh, uh, man. And this was the first time well, I've been asking him to watch documentaries with me, and this is the first time it's well, ever and happened. Well, so, and so for me, when it comes to like, damn, what was that? What? I don't know. What was that? Maybe that was my laptop. Um... It was like, ding, <laughs> you're cooked. Yeah. Uh, no, nah, I mean, for me, like documentaries are something I have to really be in a, a, a mind state for. It's not something that I can just like uh, jump into because I know for me, like what happened with uh, Kiss the Ground is that <laughs> like my mind state wants to actually like if I'm going to put time and energy into something, I'm going to like actually put time and energy into it. It's just the way that, that I'm built, you know? And so with a documentary, it's not like, a it's not like a TV show. It's not like a movie where it's just like, if you miss like one sentence or two sentences here and there, like you're going to like miss the whole concept of the movie. Well, let's admit it. We're, Probably like we we've filled our minds with like Shit's Creek in between, you know. Sorry, I pulled through a town today that more or less was the Tennessee version of Shit's Creek. <laughs> um, I mean, literally, a town hall was in like a little building. It was very interesting. Um, but more or less, my you know my mood has to be in like a I want to learn something mood. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like. You know, school is like show up at seven and start learning by seven thirty, and like you better be in the damn mood because it doesn't matter. And it's like some days I was like at seven thirty, I was like ready to go, but other days I just wasn't there. You know, like whatever that first class was, I was like kick fucking rocks. Like whatever you were going to teach me today is going right over my head. Because it just, I, you know, and that's just the way my brain works, unless it's something I'm, like, really into. And as we were watching these documentaries, it just, you know, I was 
you know, I had gotten my work done for the day. I wasn't distracted. I didn't have to look at anything else or like focus on anything else. And so it was just like, okay, let's, you know, let's do it. And like, I also knew I wanted to have these conversations with you. And I know like I could, I could have an educated conversation with you because, you know, I'm not uneducated about this, but I, I feel like as a result of watching, you know, what do we watch five or six or something like that? Uh, four or five, six, something where just kind of getting different. And, and what was cool is they weren't all like, they weren't the same, right. you know, they all kind of had the same message, but they weren't the same. It's connected. It's all connected. And it's all, it's all, and that was the cool thing is it's, it's all connected to this animal agriculture industry, but it, it all had a different perspective. One was about the soil and the topsoil and like, you know, um, like carbon dioxide. Another mm-hmm. was about, you know, you can actually eat healthier and it's better for you. Um, not only physically, but also the dude put dick rings around sports athletes and saw that their dicks were harder and bigger. Oh yeah. I as forgot, a result I of, forgot all about because that part. if they, when they ate a chicken burrito, the day before, now they had a test guy. The the no, the, not the day before. Wasn't it the no, night? no, 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 no. So it was the day. So the day. So day one, they had uh, three Miami Dolphins players. Two of them were regular meat eaters, and the other had already switched to uh, vegan. Vegan, as a result of of wanting to perform better, and that that's what made him perform better. Well, they so they had a test group. They had they had he him. Uh, they had him and two other dudes eat a burrito. His was vegan and theirs was, was meat. Should we warn the people? This is P this is the PG portion. Um, PG. Ma, I've been saying fuck all. all, okay. all. PG went out the PG. Thir- it was PG 13 <laughs> on my first fuck. It was definitely rated R by the time like five minutes happened. Okay. For almost, might not we, we are an hour and 55 on. minutes into Hold this. So. If you're, if your kids are listening to this, um, because of what they found out during the study and how they found it out, you might not want them to listen in. Well, hey, you might. If you want grandchildren, if you want grandchildren, you want. You oh, want hold on, to- hold on, hold on. No, no, no. So <laughs> this is this is not probably uh, <laughs> something you want your children to just hear without any warning that uh, they're gonna. Talk Spoiler about, alert! Yeah, it's you really seriously. I mean, um, some people might get a little upset about that. I don't know, man. Uh, but essentially, they so they tested the blood, and not only on day one and day two did uh, did their blood come back that the vegans' blood came back clear. clear. Uh, not only his blood, but also his plasma came back clear. And the other, yeah, the other two guys, one who ate, cloudy. one who ate red meat, and the other who ate uh, chicken. The red meat came back cloudiest, and then the chickens came back cloudy as well. And then, literally, the very next day, they had them eat a um, a breakfast burrito made with um, uh, veggie pork, veggie chicken, and veggie beef, and that's what they all ate. And they drew blood samples after the food processed through their body. They drew blood samples before they had any other meal. And their blood was like significantly clear one day later because they just hadn't eaten meat that day. They had no meat, no dairy, no animal products. And it was clear. And then they moved on to a second study. 
in which they did the same thing, test group, vegan, two meat eaters, and they had this weird, like, uh, penis ring that went at the base and one at the tip uh, the head, and, like, they, throughout the night, when, like, the male anatomy just... Naturally. Naturally does its thing. Erections. It, uh, I was trying to keep it PG. You already Naturally messed that does up. it thing. You already messed that up. Why? When I said so, dick rings? Whatever. But anyway. Uh, but yes, yeah, so and, and like they significant, they showed like a 410% increase in like stiffness and length of time and all it is. And it was just like. This is while the guys were shit. sleeping and they, they complied with this to happen while they were sleeping. So it was a study, and it's the, yes, the, no, point, the point. No dicks being, were fiddled without any the, the prior point, consent. The point, the point being that um, you know the the vegan diet was. Uh, it's what we're meant for. It, it was it was preferable, way preferable when you looked at the the blood results, and yeah, then, when you looked at and the then data. also for their, you know, the other purpose it, uh, seemed to um, indicate that the people that or the person that ate vegan, you know, that had the best results there as well. And I I was going to uh, give my final words earlier. Yes. And so, now here so, I am still involved. But um, yeah, yeah, I just so, want to say that if you were so, yeah, inspired. Close out, close out the pod, Mom. Yeah. I just want to say that if you were inspired, things you can do, there's so many things you can do um, to to participate or start your activities, you know, or interest in uh changing the world and you know you can get involved with um like uh, planting um, a guard a community garden um you can look for so much inspiration out there on the internet as far as the um you know like instagram or youtube um influencers that are uh you know sharing their recipes sharing their knowledge uh, vegan tipster is great it gives you um so many new, so much nutritional information, and uh, you know, just look for that, and uh, go out and try some of the substitutes. You know, when you're going to cook, um, you know, you can find an all vegan pizza to try. You can, um, you know, he was talking about the just eggs earlier that looks and, you know, it's it's. I mean, it, it's it looks not. Like, it's, it looks I would like say I would say it's like a. I would say it's like a seventy percent match. Yeah. It's, you I mean, know, and, and you just, I mean, that's better know, than some you, of y'all on, yeah. on online dating sites. So, you know, don't, <laughs> but you just add, you know, just add your special touch to it, your special ingredients, your peppers and onions or whatever you want to do with it. And, uh, you know, use it as a baking substitute. So just go out there. Um, Kroger's simple truth has a uh, vegan chocolate chip cookies and they're delicious Thanks. and just, you know, whatever you want to do, uh, to do your part. And it doesn't matter how, you know, where you start at or how big or how small that is. And, um, you know, just mm-hmm. um, find your path. Well, and that's exactly what I was about to, you know, kind of close it out with is, you know, everyone thinks that um, as you as you try to impact it, as, you know, you hear conversations like the one we just had and people are like, so what do you want me to do? What do you expect me to do? Just go vegan overnight? And some will. Some and, might. And, 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 hey, some, that works for some people. But for other people, it doesn't. And so so before I close out the pod, I kind of want to talk on, on like a, a journey to, to help you um, kind of move into that. 
and and really kind of you know no one expects you overnight to just to just all of a sudden make this huge life change and i understand that regardless of you know if you look up these videos if you watch these documentaries on hulu and netflix if you see these things and you're like well wow like i can't believe it like how did i not know this how did, how was i not aware of this no one expected you you're not expected to know what people don't, what the masses don't want you to know. This this country we're living in, this world we're living in is built on finances, on capitalism. Regardless if they live in a capitalistic society, everywhere is driven by money. Money talks, that's the biggest term, right? Well, what's one of the biggest money makers on this planet? Food. And... No one expects you when, when food has the lobbyists in every country, when drugs have the lobbyists in every country, they're going to tell you what they want you to hear. Regardless if, if the FDA tells you it's an it's a independently run place that doesn't feel political pressure, you think they didn't feel political pressure? You think someone within the FDA sitting at the very tippity top didn't get political pressure from 45 and from other political leaders, including Joe Biden? Johnson & Johnson just got approved for FDA. You don't think some politicians were in the ear of the leader of the, the leaders over at the FDA to get Johnson & Johnson out there to not only have another vaccine available, but also a vaccine that is one shot, that is a game changer? Of course, it's a positive thing. But what I'm saying is nothing is beyond influence. Nobody, no institution is beyond influence. There are very few institutions that are beyond influence, whether that's by the people or by the politicians. But decisions are made by influence. Look at the companies last year with Black Lives Matter. All these companies put out pouring, just pouring out support for the Black Lives Matter movement. Not because at the beginning of 2020, they said, we're going to support Black Lives Matter this year. That's a huge company goal of ours. We're going to empower the black community. We're going to donate millions of dollars that we're going to go to probably some really fucked organizations. Uh, to be honest, some very corrupt organizations, I would imagine. Um, I don't know. But... They they moved that money over there. Not because that was in their like budgeting plan. Quarter four, twenty nineteen, they went in and said, We're gonna put ten million dollars into Black Lives Matter. That's not what they went into. That that wasn't the conversation. I doubt I highly doubt I have a ninety nine point nine nine percent positivity rate that that these big corporations did not talk about that shit at the end of twenty nineteen. But it's the same with the FDA. It's the same with all these organizations when it comes to food. You're not expected to learn, to know what they don't want you to know, which is why we have to, like my mom was saying earlier, we have to educate ourselves. One person at a time. One family. <laughs> I went in a whole two-hour podcast. Now nah, I've pissed my mom off. You want to rejoin the pod, mom? Shit on me a little bit for the burp. Um... Oh, she's putting the headphones back on. I guess I drew her back in. Um, the You're not expected to just do this overnight. You're not expected to just magically 
if you're a farmer, no one's asking you overnight to change your farm. There, we understand there's a process, there's nutrients, there's all this shit that goes into it to change over. The guy we spoke of that has 19 different agricultures, his crops were dead for five years because of hailstorms. And then he slowly was able to start growing different agriculture. He healed his land and he started to do this. He said now, and you know, I would imagine that was 2018. So almost 20 years later, he had 19 different agricultures on his land. No one's saying this is an overnight process. The, the way to do it is not, you know, cold turkey works for some people. But it's not how you fundamentally change your mentality. When I removed red meat from my diet at the end of 2018, when I said I'm done with steaks, I'm done with pork, and yes, pork is a red meat, as, long, as many people will try to convince you it's not, it fucking is. Think I don't miss hamburgers? You don't think I miss eating brats? You know why? It's not because I actually enjoyed it. It's because of the nostalgia factor. It's the it's the factor that when you're at a barbecue, you don't feel left out. Our society has made people who say, I don't eat red meat or I just don't eat meat. They're, they've been made to feel like they're burdens because, hey, don't grill my burger on the same side you grill the burgers on the top rack. You know, people then start to try to make you feel like you're an extra burden when really it's not. Because, hey, they don't want to grill, uh, you know, they're not going to grill their burger in a, in a place that's going to fuck up their taste or texture, right? They're going to grill their burger to make it taste the best it can be, you know? So, no, no one is a burden, but start small. Start small. Create 21-day habits at a time. If need be, cycle it. What I did is I had a three-week, 21-day cycle. So, on a Monday... When I started my diet back in 2018, which I've, because of the pandemic, I have definitely fucked up. Uh, when I started my diet, I removed, I removed a food item on week one. I removed a snack item week two. And I removed a drink week three. That way it wasn't like I feel overburdened by the fact that I just lost every kind of food that I'm now used to. It wasn't that I felt burdened like I lost every snack that I love to snack on. But by the time 21 days were up, I've now developed a habit. Say you, like what I did, I removed red meat first. By the time I removed red meat, by the time I removed beer, and by the time I removed Oreos in the first 21 days. Oreos are vegan. But they're sweets. Oh, that's true. So, you but know, they're, for but, all you sweet lovers, was, there, and, yeah. and that was that was a that was more of an example of the fact that like it was a sweet, you know, eliminating some right. type of sweet sugary thing that like you could find a better alternative for, you know, like a fruit snack or like a fruit strip or something. But my point being is that 
It was a food, a sweet, a drink. Now, when I'm circling back around and I say, well, now I don't feel like red meat, like, you know, and then you go into removing fish. Now you're down to red meat. Now you're down red meat and fish, but you still have access to chicken. You create another 21-day cycle. Your habit is now built. And as long as you continue to just, just, just follow these very step-by-step habits, people look at all these, you know, people look at all these ripped people on Instagram and Facebook and on all the uh, tonal videos. You see all these ripped and fit people. That shit didn't happen overnight. It took months and months and months and months and months and months and months of hard work. The dude you see in the park all muscly and kind of douchey, Doing 72 pull-ups on a kid's playset. He didn't start doing 72 pull-ups in the first grade. He did one pull-up. He did the one he was able to do. Came back, did two. Came back, did three. Came back, did five. And kept going up from there. And that's the same way you can approach changing your habits and changing your lifestyle for the better. Helping impact our world in a positive way. I'm no, I'm no huge, I'm not like a, a green new deal, let's get, you know, all of this. I understand the industry, I understand the, the aspects of you can't just overnight kill an entire industry without, and- without forcing thousands of people to go broke and to lose their jobs and their entire family ecosystem is you know we have to we have to figure out a way to you know and that's all really anyone's asking well can i add something on that note yeah okay so i'm looking at a a forbes article from january the 14th 2020 a lot of people covered this a lot of news agencies are are still covering this you know to this day and uh so this is just one article i found But it's talking about poultry to plant-based. Animal farmers are now working with vegans to get out of the meat business. Um, So it gives an example of Mike Weaver isn't a vegan for close to two decades. Uh, He was a contract chicken grower for a Brazilian-owned poultry company. Uh, This person lives in West Virginia. But, you know, he decided he wanted to get out of uh, the poultry business and grow plants instead, hemp to be specific. And um, he's 68 years old, but he wants to be a part of the growing movement of farmers looking to get out and, um, you know, take part of take advantage of the new plant-based economy and so uh, there is a program. Um, I think Mercy for Animals came up with it. Yeah. And it's called Transformation. Transformation. Transform. Just to, Transform, just to, just to be very clear. Yes, Transform. Transformation. Not transformation. Transformation. And uh, it says uh, the aim, according to the project's the trans- website. Transformation. Transformation. Uh, so, according to the project's website, is to help farmers looking to transition from livestock production to crops for cool. plant-based production. And that may not be the only one out there at this point. Oh, I'm no, sure there I, I are, guarantee there are you. Many I guarantee you there's a lot of other you, uh, programs yeah, for sure. If you know any farmers, actually some of these inter- industries, like the milk industry, the dairy industry, you know, uh, it's not looking so good, you know. And well, this is actually uh, something they can go ahead and get ahead of the curve on 
and get into the plant-based well, uh, farming. And that was, and that was more or less where I was about to go with, uh, and so like, that's a really great point about farmers are, even the farmers themselves are starting to see the trends. Now, when I talk about take these 21 day habits and change, change a little bit here and a little bit there, as you, as the consumer, we forget that we, the people, you know, there are two senators for each state one president for the entire country, right? And I'm just speaking for America, right? Three leaders in like top lawmaking area that affect our day-to-day state life, regardless where we're at, right? Three human beings. Think about that. Your household, your typical household family that might be a mom, dad, son, and a grandparent outnumbers your lawmaking leaders. Your, you have more voices probably within your household than your lawmakers sitting in D.C. Think about that for a second. So when you make change, when we want change, we just have to speak. We have to show it. And that's, that's where we can really make the change is supply and demand. You already see this ever-growing change in long-time grocery stores that stocked all these varying dairy farms of milk and cheese and butter and all of this. Those sections are now being replaced with plant-based butter, with olive oil products, with, with re- sustainable resources that even just five years ago weren't as abundant and honestly as delicious. I'm not going to lie to you. Things even five years ago were a little, little, little off. They were still figuring it out. Corn was still trying to figure out where to <laughs> where to put the taste palette, should say. But if you take those if you take those those steps to eliminate even just a few things, if you eliminate even just red meat, fish, and poultry from your diet, you've now eliminated a huge portion. Regardless, if you're still just like me, engaging in dairy and eggs. You've eliminated a huge portion of demand even over your entire lifespan. People don't realize if you're eating meat, breakfast, lunch, dinner, every day, maybe even a beef jerky stick in the middle of the day, uh, you know, maybe eating a pack of, pack of Sasquatch, big, big beef jerky, peppered, little peppercone, the sheer amount of meat that is consumed by one human being increases the demand. When you switch your diet, when you are able to switch your diet to where even just like me, 60, 70% of what you 
intake is either eliminating. So like, I don't really do anything. Like really, the I eat products that use milk in the like actual mix. Like if it's like a pre-baked croissant bread or something like that that I buy. Like that's more or less the only time I use anything from the actual like milk industry. I still eat cheese and I still eat eggs. But I've eliminated in my lifetime, I've eliminated a huge amount of red meat consumption already. Well, you are using just eggs sometimes. Well, and yeah, eggs. and yeah, so like Or vegan cheese, you're buying that. Alternate. Yeah, I mean we buy alter- we buy through we buy we buy alter- alternate cheeses all you the time. Yeah, we buy alternate cheeses. You know, the right. only time we really the only cheese we really buy by is Swiss. That's really the only like actual cheese that we have like we have yet to find an alternative cheese that just is like a Swiss cheese. But my point being is that you have the power to affect supply and demand. If everyone in America had a diet that was 60, 70, 80% vegan, we could change the world. And, if and that's you, just if, a start. And if you go vegan all the way, I read this recently, that you are saving, you individually, just you, are saving the lives of an average of 300 animals a year. That's fucking nuts. 300 a person. And that could go, per you year. know, obviously that could go up or down depending on what you were eating. Yeah. You know, but... um Think about that, you know, and that impact. And uh, so, right, you're, but that's, you're decreasing the demand. But that's my, money talks. Mm-hmm. Money will always talk. And that's my point, is we have the power as a society to influence supply and demand. And if we start saying, hey, smart ones, I know you keep saying you're putting out healthy things, but if everything you're giving me only has meat products or cheese products in it. Why would I buy you anymore? Why should I buy you? You know, it's it, and that's and that's really the question is if there are so many opportunities now for us if if more and more of us just keep showcasing that we are willing It's just fucking up the money, man. If you fuck up the money, they can't deny it anymore. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's that's literally the response. People want to like show all these facts and like even even us today. We've talked about a bunch of facts, CO2 and carbon emissions and tilling and only 60 harvests left and we're going to die and like yes, it's all scary. We're saving 300 animals. All of these facts exist. But the fact of the matter is, is we hold the power in our hands to fuck up the money. Just like last year when the Black Lives Matter movement happened and the black dollar was at stake, what did the companies decide to do that wanted to keep the black dollar? They said, we're supporting the Black Lives Matter movement. We're posting the black image to our Twitter feeds and our Instagram feeds. They did that shit because they knew the black dollar could fuck up the money. Because the black dollar is powerful in America. Admit it or deny it if you want. I'm admitting it and I know it. 
the black dollar is powerful as fuck. If you deny that, you are stupid. And just like that, snap at a finger. When we decide something is not there, how do you fuck up the money? The Redskins in Washington never were going to change their name. Snyder was like, I'm never changing the name of the Washington Redskins. Redskins is a term I don't even like saying, and I'm only saying it right now in the concept of reporting on it on this podcast. Why do you think they're the Washington football team now? They have no name. Because $60 billion worth of hedge fund managers had the wherewithal to contact their largest sponsors, Pepsi, FedEx, who had the naming rights to the stadium, $250 million naming rights to the stadium. What did FedEx say? When it, when it leaked that they all got reached out to, when, the, when these firms leaked that they, of who they reached out to, what did they all say? They all got back and said, yeah, y'all should probably reevaluate your name, fam. And then it hit FedEx. FedEx said, yeah, you need to rename, you need to rename your shit or we're pulling our money. That was it. Naming rights to a stadium is a huge contract. That fucks up the money. And that's what we got to do. I'm not saying we have to be perfect. I'm not perfect. And it's going to be a journey for me to move into a better lifestyle of my own. But I already wanted to make this journey. And in this past week, just having discussions with my mother, watching these documentaries and even doing a little bit of extra research on my own. I know now that's the that's the journey I'm supposed to take. Because I know I want to I want a long life for myself and for my kids and for my grandkids. Because already our, our society is getting fucked up. I remember going to, to Waterworks Park for hours on end to play ball. And now I can barely find a basketball hoop because no one gives a fuck about going to the park and balling up no more. And that was pre-pandemic. Don't even tell me it's, it's a pandemic thing. That's pre-pandemic. Hoops gone. Gentrification happening. Why? Because money. Money talks. And that's what we got to do. Make change slowly. Do your thing. Do it what is best for you so that you can better impact things down the road. It doesn't have to be in a day doesn't have to be in a week or a month. Take your time, develop your habits, and help make yourself a better person, a healthier person. And I'm not saying being a vegan or a vegetarian makes you a better person. It makes your insides better. You are a better person internally because your body isn't trying to kill itself. Well, and you know you're not harming anyone else, and it does make you feel good. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and, and it that's... Does, it, it doesn't, yeah, not I mean, better. Fatigue, you're just trying to say 
you know, I'm not, yeah, I'm not, not trying better, to say there's like, other people yeah, yeah, no, 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 not at all. Not at right. all. So I do not Just want that it, to be misconstrued. Yeah. I'm saying you are a better person as a result of like, literally you are healthier. You are livelier. Your fatigue fades. Your energy rises. Like you become a better person in multiple healthy aspects of your life that, that are for you. You know, this is a, we're, we're in a selfish society. Let's admit it. We are selfish human beings. We're not going to make a decision in today's era if we're only doing it for someone else. There are selfless people out there and bless their hearts for them. But we do things at the end of the day, even if it's helping somebody else, somehow, some way, and some portion of it goes back into, you know, you help your homie move furniture because you know at some point you're going to be moving out of your apartment and you're on the third floor and you need a homie to help you move your couch. You know, like you do these things as like a, a little ticker in your head. We are a selfish society. I'm telling you the selfish reason to do this, you can live longer, fam. Who doesn't want to? And, and just, and, and for those years you live higher quality your quality life and visit. I just wanted to say uh, one of the sites you can visit is uh, www.livekindly.com and yeah. many others. So. And um, all right. Good night but. from me. I've said goodbye before. Jump back on. <laughs> she heard me burp. I, she came back just to scold me. And Give then, me a face. Thumbs down. Well, I didn't have to get on the mic. For but, that, but. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, that's really my whole point is not only when you when you move your diet to more vegan or all vegan. I don't know what she's. She's like fucking with the pop filter. I have no idea what I'm doing over She's here. like fucking with the pop filter. It's funny. <laughs> but when you are actively partaking in the vegan community, in the vegetarian community, and you're buying those project products, what you are showcasing is two things. Not only are you showing the devaluation of the animal industry that it's not as necessary anymore. It's not necessary. Well, and that's, so you, you, you're jumping the gun to my, to my point that it's not as necessary anymore as we thought it once was. It's being shown that it's not necessary at all. When you have McDonald's, Taco Bell, Pizza Hut, all these places taking impossible and beyond into the fold. Why do you think that is? Because they're just trying to provide a healthy option for when you're uh, you're in a car of four people and the vegan homie can't eat Mickey D's so you don't pull up at Mickey D's? No. Because there's money to be made with it. So it's a twofold aspect when you live a lifestyle that is primarily vegan, that is primarily vegetarian, or that is 100% both, you show the purchasing power of the vegan and vegetarian industry, and you show the complete and utter unimportance of animal farming, of dairy, of eggs and of the agriculture industry to feed those animals 
that are fucking up our soil, taking up precious land that could be growing food that we can actually eat, and ultimately killing our planet. So take it into account, man. Take it from me. What do I know? I'm just your boy. I'm just white rice with two rice bowl emojis trying to figure out life, man. I'm on a journey of my own. And being on my own journey, I'm just sharing my my information with you. But you take what it is, man, and start a journey of your own. And with that, we out. Well, with that, now we out. What it fucking do? It's your boy, why fucking rice?